0: Welcome back to the Act Two podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I am Tasha Hugh.
1: I am Josh Hallman,
0: <laughs> and we are Act Two. <laughs> welcome, um, welcome back. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Josh was was building us up before we got into here, and we're ready for this. We got kind of a crazy episode today. Yeah, uh, kind of, kind of an an improv episode. Um, by its very nature, so we're going to see how it it works out. Because today we're we're kind of basically adding another installment into our Pitching is Terrible series. Uh, If you're not familiar with it, pitching is of course one of the most terrible things that we do (laughs) as writers. It is a skill that we need to learn to excel in in our business in so many different ways. Because let's say you're a TV writer, all you're doing is pitching ideas in the room. Um, when it comes to your episode, you're going to have to pitch your episode like crazy and convince the showrunner and all the other writers that this is the episode that should exist.
1: I you love need it. this
0: skill if you were a TV or in a feature writer who's writing original stuff because you have to pitch to producers and studios to make them buy your stuff. If you don't want to do anything like that, but you want to r- do rewrites on stuff or adapt stuff, guess what? You have to pitch those too to get any of those jobs. And because... It is a skill that you are honing over time. Like 1% of us are born with this skill. The rest of us have to learn it like schlubs. Mm-hmm. So we created this Pitching is, is Terrible series. So go back and listen to those if you haven't already. It's everything from like structure of pitches, different kinds of pitches that are out there. But today we are talking about the phase in writing where you have your idea, maybe you've written a few pages about it, maybe you just have a log line, but now it's time to start putting your pitch together. And we're talking about how to do that, which is I think perfect timing because I'm doing that with something right now. Literally this week I had a two hour meeting with another writer to put together a pitch based on just a basic idea. Um, it's for a TV show, so work and uh, who knows how this is gonna turn out because again, we don't have this planned. It's just yeah. Josh is gonna surprise us with a log line here, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna kind of brainstorm and see what it looks like from there.
1: So yes, I am I, I pulled out I wrote down some log lines. All right? uh-huh, uh-huh. And I've, what I feel like now that we're talking about this is if you don't like any of these log lines, we default to a movie that everybody knows, and then we work from there because maybe people, <laughs> because, you know.
0: So you're going to throw out log lines, and if I'm like, no, I don't want to brainstorm that at all. We're just going to go to Back to the Future.
1: Yeah, we're just going to do Back to the Future. But yeah, I, I, okay. I, right before the, the podcast, Tasha said, so you have those log lines? And I was like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> let me let, me, let me just let me pull some old ones up. So I'm going to tell you two different log lines. Yeah. And if neither of these click, then we go to Back to the Future. Okay. Okay. So I pulled up a log line from old school rom-com Josh.
0: Oh, yeah. Great.
1: Actually, there was three, but we can do Yeah. There was an adventure Josh.
0: Okay. And I then there's like
1: Josh. action comedy Josh.
0: That's still you right now, right?
1: Uh, yeah. That's, these are all You're still are more like action
0: book. thriller now, I feel like. You've like matured. you become Joshua.
1: <laughs> Listen. You know what? One day I'm going to do an entire rant about where action comedies are and why action comedy is not a good term because when you say action comedy, yeah. it, it's a little broad and whatever. All right, so yeah. here we Lethal go. Lethal
0: Weapon is not an action comedy; it's an action movie with comedy in it.
1: True Lies is the exact same thing, and that's kind of my my world.
0: All right, we will have to do a rant on this. Okay, okay. sorry.
1: <sighs> okay, you ready for this? Kind of these are these aren't like official like clean log lines by the way. I need to just kind of okay. You don't
0: have to. You don't have to justify. All right. All right.
1: Okay. This is this is a rom com version. It's called prenup.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right.
1: (laughs) On a day before signing divorce papers, a husband and wife attempt to dig up dirt on each other in order to null their prenup, but along the way. They learn far more than they ever could have imagined and start to fall in love all over again.
0: The first part of that like gave me anxiety because I'm getting married in two weeks.
1: (laughs) Okay. um, so
0: Let's hear the other ones.
1: All right. This one is called A Mother's Touch.
0: Oh God, this is also going to give me anxiety. Okay, good.
1: This, I could tell I wrote this very early. While visiting his incarcerated super criminal mother, the most average guy in the world makes up elaborate stories about himself in hopes to bond with her. But when she gets out of prison on a technicality and comes to live with them, the son is forced to carry out the many illegal lies he's told <laughs> her over his life.
0: That's pretty funny.
1: And then Love lastly, lastly, yeah. this is just, this is like probably something I'd write next week. It's called squad. A group of friends known for their Goonie-style adventures reconnect at a wedding and join forces for one unfinished adventure while dealing with the past fifteen years of grudges.
0: I mean, obviously that one, right? right?
1: Damn, I should have just said that one first. (laughs) (laughs) Goonies
0: with with adults. Goonies with adults.
1: Yeah, which I feel like that has to exist. I'm sure that. So
0: it's as if it's as if the Goonies grew up, moved out of town. Yeah. And something. Let's do this one. Let's I'm feeling it. it. Yeah, the let's Goonies have
1: grown up. They, they, they've kind of stayed in touch over social media. They, they hear about each other. And now they kind of get back together. And they're like, yo, dude, let's just go on one last Goonies adventure. I mean, we're getting married here in the Midwest anyway. There's open fields and booby traps probably. And so let's do it. But along the way, they're just dealing with some shit.
0: Oh, interesting. So like a wedding is, is sort of the, the inciting incident that brings them all together in your mind. And this is obviously a movie.
1: Uh, sure. Should we do a TV series?
0: An adult Goonies TV series is pretty cool.
1: Okay. Let's do it.
0: Should we try that? Let's, let's try it. We're, okay. We're biting off a lot here. All right. I'm ready. I'm stretching. Okay. Okay. My first question is what brings them together?
1: Well, it's it's the wedding. Sean is getting married. And mm, okay. they they all have gotten the wedding invites. Some of them haven't even responded. Sean's like calling them. He he was he was the glue of the Goonies uh yeah. crew back in the day and he's like, "Yo, sure. Tasha, Paul, Dave, Tim, you guys haven't gotten back to me. Where is everybody?" And so now they're, you know, they're They're getting together for the wedding.
0: For a wedding. Okay. So, if it's for a wedding, which is fine because that's cool that it's like a life event that's a marker in their adult lives, Mm -hmm. showing that like their status quo is changing as adults. Because it feels like you want the opener to be Sean Assen finds a new clue to like a new treasure. Mm. And. He maybe attempts to do it alone or thinks about doing it alone but can't, hurts himself, something that forces him to call his buddies back and, like, Goonies never say die. I need you for this thing. And they're all adults, so they're like, I don't believe in that shit anymore. But something is undeniable about it, right? Like, he's... With the letter, he sends gold dust in the envelope or something. It's oh
1: yes, yeah. so he, he sends that, a he sends something that only they know about.
0: Yeah, or that's en- that's enough to like convince them to get on that plane and go see Sean, even though I haven't seen him in a decade.
1: Oh my God, is it in the wedding invites specifically to them? It's like golden tickets.
0: Whoa! So my question about the wedding is: It, it
1: doesn't have to be a wedding.
0: Doesn't have to be a wedding, because it feels like it maybe overcomplicates it but there's something interesting about overcomplicating it right because let's just like kick the tires on the wedding yeah. part to see if it actually holds does it take place over the course of this wedding so like it's the wedding is a cover for them doing this thing does that even make sense do, do you want part of the story to be sean Aston hiding this stuff from his wife and his in-laws and or engaging his wife maybe the wife is a new goonie is the wedding an interesting part of this story
1: all right, so you're not gonna like what I'm gonna say because you are getting married in just a few weeks, which I'm very okay. excited for. <laughs> I can I don't know why I'm going back into divorce territory, but <laughs> maybe, maybe Sean's life has kind of fallen apart. He's mm. out of a relationship, and we don't. At at some point, he's doubted because maybe it seems as though he's bringing people together for selfish purposes. And this is like to get his life back on track. He's getting back with his familiar crew of friends, and they start to doubt him. And they're they're thinking, "Hey, man, you only want us here because we're your friends, and we're like the the thing that makes you feel better in life. It's because your life has fallen apart that we're here. There is no adventure."
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's interesting if he's having a low point, and that's the reason why he like throws out the bat signal to get all his friends to come. Yeah. And then it almost feels like in that version, it is a lie. And he's just doing it in this kind of desperate move to, to bring his friends back together. But in the process of the lie, they discover a truth mm.
1: to it. Yes.
0: Like there's this story in this town that he's in that's always been told from generation to generation, but nobody believes it. Everyone knows it's just a tall tale. And he, like, he he makes it sound like the tall tale is real. Yeah. And when everyone gathers, he's and find out that it's just a fucking tall tale that, that you're you brought us here for, this like stupid myth that this town has been selling tchotchkes about, like it's just a tourist thing. Yeah. And then they actually find out that it's real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so is he is this like is it his hometown that he grew up in? Meaning oh. meaning for instance if if this is like a pilot episode or something, now Sean now lives in Astoria and Sean he's living there and they all come to visit him and they don't realize it, but they're like, dude, this is the town that had all the myths in it. You moved here. Like this this is a made up mm. bullshit story that, that that we used to find. You're follow living as in the pick. past, man. You're living in the past, Sean. It's time to move on.
0: Okay. That's interesting.
1: I might have gotten us off track.
0: No, I don't think you did, because if you go back to the original Goonies, and I know we're not talking about this as a, like, a literal sequel to it, but what is the thing in the original Goonies that brought them together that made you root for them getting together? It was that Sean is, oh, well, I guess all of them, right? Like someone, some rich investors coming in to like take their town, right? And they have to- His house. Hit his house specifically? hmm and so he has to, like, they can't afford to keep it, so they're going to get rid of it. And he has to now move out of this town where all his friends are. And the thing I need to save my life, the thing I need to keep my happiness is money. And so I, I'm going to invest any, everything I have to go on this journey to find treasure. So I feel like you, you'd want similar stakes mm-hmm. in this version, like, it's it's nice to have a starting point or the thing that kicks it off be like, I'm miserable. I need my buddies back together. I'm going to lie to them to, to do that. But then it feels like you need an extra step of like an emotional investment from the audience that's more than just not being depressed anymore.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you're right. There needs to be one more level into it.
0: Yeah, like losing your house is great. Losing, if like again, if it's not a literal Goonies uh, sequel, if it's like, this is the town we grew up in and Mm -hmm. some investor wants to come in, mow this place down and build like a shopping mall or like build a highway through our town, classic sort of American story. I can't let that happen. And they're like, dude, let go. Like we, this is, we don't live in this town anymore. You're the only one who lives here, like grow up. And, but maybe in the process of all of them coming home and they, you know, I, I every now and again I'm from Orange County, and every now and again, Paul and I will drive through Orange County, and there's like a warmth that comes over me in driving those familiar streets and seeing the the mall again and it's just there's like a safety that comes from the place that you live that you can't find anywhere else. I don't yeah. know if you experience that when you go home
1: oh, of course, I'm from a super small town in yeah suburban Wisconsin, and every time I go back there I, I'm just like. I mean, people still leave their doors open there.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That's cool. So, yeah, I feel like that's kind of your opener is I'm lying to get you here. What the fuck? You lied to get us here? Like, let this town go. Who cares? Like, you need the money. Maybe it'll finally get you to move out. Mm -hmm. And then as the kids, or the adults now, are like separating, going to their hotel room or going back to their their mom's house to stay the night before they get their plane the next morning because fuck Sean they revisit old haunts that they went to mm-hmm. and that ice cream shop that they had their first kiss in and like it's their memories start to come back and then you like cut to the next morning and like Sean wakes up and there's a knock at his door and like all five of his buddies are there and they're like okay how do we help
1: yeah I love that and it really ties in- this is
0: a movie by the way <laughs> yeah
1: it feels like a movie it does it does it does feel like a movie unless I mean, how do you even make episodes out of this? Unless it's like a 10 episode thing or eight episode thing where each episode is kind of like an adventure leading to another clue to another clue. I think so.
0: It's like, yeah, it's like another clue, but it also feels like maybe in a TV show you'd want, do you want like another B story running through? Like my mind goes to the way it is kind of structured where you get the adults and then you get like the kid's story. So if, if, Again, if it's not a literal sequel, we don't know what these kids were like when they were young. There might might be fun to... We're doing this adult adventure, but every now and again, we cut to our B story of like the kids when, when they had their first adventure in this town or mm. what their life was like in this town that made them the adults that they are today. And when you start... Because it's a TV show, you need a lot of conflict. So when conflict pops up between Sean and... um Thanos. Why am I blanking on Thanos? Thanos,
1: Josh Brolin.
0: (laughs) Josh Brolin's character. Uh, When when they start having conflicts, you're like, why are they like why do they they clearly have beef from like that's deep, that's from the past, then they're kind of talking around it. You flash back to when they were kids and you like see how the beef started or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if you need that, but that could be a fun version if there's something to add there. I think you maybe make that decision based on.
1: I was just thinking that. What's interesting about this is when coming up with an idea, a lot of times I feel like, you know, when anyone comes up with an idea, you're like, is this a movie idea or is this a TV show idea? And sometimes it starts as a movie, but it kind of goes into TV and it starts as TV and you're like, now this would work better as a movie. So it's it's, it's good that to talk about this and figure out where something falls and how it could be a TV show or a movie.
0: I mean, I think something that someone, my manager, actually said to me a long time ago, which stuck, was that if it's a TV idea, it's TV because it's a world that you're exploring. Yeah. And characters you want to explore through this world, because that gives you just so much runway to write episodes off of. A movie is a contained story. So if you feel like you know a beginning, middle, and end, and it's not really moving through a world, a big scopy world... Um, with lots of side stories that are going on in this. It's just a straight... I mean, this feels like a straight movie. Yeah. That's not to say it couldn't be a TV show. I think it's just a different structure. Like, I think of Stranger Things, and Stranger Things works as a TV show because they are all trying to get Will back. I'm talking about season one. I'm talking about They're trying to get Will back. Will has been taken. And every we're following different groups of characters trying to it's kind of like a murder mystery in a way Mm -hmm. and all these different groups of characters are doing different things as this kind of the world is kind of crumbling around them and they're, they're trying to rescue their friend that feels like a show because you're following different groups of characters in a movie it would just be the boys and that's that's i mean you'd have the mom and you'd have the cop you'd have all of that but they would be B stories and they'd be smaller stories but if you want to give everyone equal storylines and character arcs that's a TV show. So you can do that in this version. What would you what would you prefer?
1: Well, I I agree that it feels like first of all, I love that this is like now thrown back on me as though this is like me really trying your to idea. Crack, crack the Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Um I I think obviously I actually think we could like break it or you know, figure out a way to pitch it as a movie. But yeah. there's something really appealing about the challenge of saying, Okay, this is for TV. This yeah. is a- but maybe for the sake of this exercise, we go down the path of a movie.
0: Yeah. And maybe as we're talking about as a movie, versions of the T V show will kind of surface.
1: Yeah. I'm going to steer clear of talking about the Goonies because it's too—it's almost too easy to make a sequel. Like we're almost talking about yeah. it as a sequel to the Goonies.
0: Yeah, but I like this concept already. Like, like the opening seems really clear to me—a a guy who has been hanging on to his past, and maybe that's the theme of it because yeah. that's what we're talking around. Like how he brings everyone together is your inability to let go of the past. But in this version, we're kind of saying. It's okay to hold on to the past because like that, that, that's what they're trying to save, right? In this version, because an investor is gonna come in, take over the town, ruin all their old old memories that make them feel safe. Yep. And maybe that's like the part you play into is like like preserving your childhood, maybe. Yeah. So I I I think I texted this to you where I visited my aunt recently, who she was like oh, how was your drive? Because it was an, like an over an hour drive. And I said, oh, it was fine because I turned on Disney music and that like helps me. Yes. Like now I can sing to it and like it keeps me awake. And she's like, Disney music? Like I haven't listened to that since my kids were, you know, listening to the Disney channel and her kids are all my age. So that was many years ago. I was like, really? That's weird. <laughs> like every Disney movie, every Pixar movie that comes out, like I go and watch it. And she's like, what? Like you're, you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <It's> basically <laughs> what she said to me. And like, that's why you're so mean and bitter. You got to bring in this like childhood wonder and like whimsicality. And that's what keeps you sort of joyful. And I don't know. I mean, obviously there are other ways to be joyful than Disney, but like that, that to me spoke a lot about like how far she's come from being a child. And she very mm. much looks down on like childish things. And as we both know, I am a giant child. I play games and video games and I still wear graphic tees as my main outfit. <laughs> like, like I'm a big kid. So maybe there's something to that. It's not like you're hanging on to the past Sean Astin. It's no, like definitely. You're, you don't want this part. this like heart, the heart of you to, to go away.
1: Uh, I love that. I love that because I feel like deep down, for them, I think we should all remain kids, like Peter Pan style. But I mean, I'm I'm a child with an actual child. That's the weirdest <laughs> part about it. I'm like a adult child with a child. So I love that. There could be a character like your aunt, as it, like that gets summoned mm. back into town. It's kind of oh, the, interesting. The voice of theme or, or the voice of opposition to Sean.
0: There's a '90s movie version of this, by the way, where like yeah. I mean, it is the goodies now, but it's like dude in a suit, woman in a suit comes in or like, you know, hair all up in a bun and also strict and like, I have no fun and don't believe in childhood. Oh, totally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's time to grow up, Sean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That, that idea. So, all right. So, so we're moving forward with this. It's a movie.
0: Yeah. We can already pitch the opener. I can already
1: pitch the opener.
0: Although, can we talk, no, no, I think we figure that out. I was going to say, we talk about how, like what causes Sean Aston to send the invites. But I think it is, it is, I'm going to come mow down your town. That's the, that's what's causing it. So we got that. We got the opener. We can pitch the opener. No problem.
1: We pitch the opener and no one, and, and no one gives a shit about this town except for him. Right? Yeah. He's hanging on. To or
0: no it. one can do anything. Maybe
1: no one can and do like, anything about it.
0: He believes he can do something, which is a part of his character and who he is and why his friends love him is he's like, well, it falls on me. And if no one else is going to do something, I'll do something. That's something very heroic Mm. to put on your main character. Wow.
1: What? Yeah. What a last second throw in right there. I like that. (laughs) I like that a lot. So he summons his friends. They come over. They're all there. Like, what is this? What's going on?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Does he manipulate them? Some of them to come? he knew, he knew, a couple yeah. of them wouldn't come because they had a rift or something in the past. So he kind of manipulates all of them in their own specific this, way. This might
0: be dumb, but might lead to something good. I was like, if one of them is a lawyer and they are workaholics all la 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 all the time, does he like as a way to bring that person in to like, I'm having a law problem. (laughs) This is so much I know about lawyers. I'm having a law problem. I'm having a legal issue here in the town. Like, I need you to come in, and this is exactly your specialty. So lawyer comes in, ready to go, briefcase in hand, and is like, where's the problem? Yeah, It's like, there is no problem. There's something else going on. Yeah, Motherfucker, Sean. Like, (laughs) I came all the way from New York for this.
1: I left my family to see you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he's got what, like four friends?
0: Yeah. So then I think like, I think you're gonna want then the friends to be different versions of uh, of adults, right? There's the workaholic. There's someone who's become jaded. Someone who has kids and like hate fucking having kids. And yeah. over the course of their story, the the dad who has kids and fucking hates the kids comes around to being like a really good dad because like you're saying, like you're a big kid and seeing you with Amelia is so fun because like you're just both big kids together. She's, I guess, a little kid, but it's so cute. Uh-huh. Like, you guys find fairies together and dinosaur bones. Like, he, like, he finds his childhood again that allows yeah. him to be a better father. Like, that feels like the arc for that guy. So, like, is, it, is the arc for all of these characters, like, at first they come into town and they're like, Sean's a fucking moron. All he does is play video games all day. He's such a loser. But by the end of it, they're more like Sean. And yeah. that actually makes their lives better.
1: <sighs> to be more like Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Like the
0: lawyer goes back to her firm and she's like so much more loose. Like, sure, you can take a vacation, everyone, because life is more than just work and whatever.
1: Totally. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. I love that. So it's almost, yeah, to be more like Sean.
0: Yeah. So then, if that's what your arc is, then all of the sort of adventure points in the second act that we would pitch need to. Be a problem and an obstacle. That leaning more into your childhood stuff is the key to getting over. Mm-hmm. So, like, like a fear. Okay, like, like I feel like my dad, who's eighty now, he. When he comes to Los Angeles, he'll sometimes tell me stories about how he used to race cars down Wilshire Boulevard, like drag race. Because back in the day when he lived here in Los Angeles, there weren't a lot of cars around and he was like a wild child. And now he is the worst, slowest, like most afraid driver uh, I can think of. Always riding the brake, right? So like if you have that version of a character who's like scared to go fast, just as an example, but something they have to do requires speed mm-hmm. to get over. Um, like there's a slide down a cave and like it, you, you have to go fast because there's some like there's rocks like Indiana Jones falling behind, you, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Like him learning to like let go of his fear of something he now has as an adult and remember that childhood fearlessness is the thing he needs to get over this obstacle and get to the next thing. Then I think though, like using those as challenges along the way are like the right way to look at how to, do yeah, build the second act?
1: I completely agree. I definitely, I was just having this conversation with another script that I've been writing where it's it's always making sure that your action ties into character. That's a perfect mm-hmm. example. So I've, you know, obviously mm. we don't have to do this now, but it's like, we're building out, if, if we have four different characters, one of them slow, another one uh, is a germaphobe. Another one is, you know, terrible with technology. And another one is,
0: that's funny. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know.
0: Rules, rules, rules all the time. And yes. can't break rules.
1: G- yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then so it's, it's setting up those action points along the way where, oh my God, someone's now going to have to like walk into a, a dirty virus and get sick or whatever, obviously. But, you yeah. know, it's setting up how do you, okay, wow, I have someone who is a germaphobe. What is the exact opposite version of that and how do I put yeah. them into that? They're like
0: the dirtiest person by the end of it. Like they have to go through yeah. uh, a river of like mud and sewage <laughs> to
1: like no, get totally. to the other
0: side of something. Yeah. Or yeah. And yeah, I think it's it's finding those moments organically because the 90s movies version is for some reason, suddenly there's a river of sewage here that we have to get through. Right, right, so wh- right. So, like, how how do we... That would be the trick. That would be, like, beyond this podcast, something we'd have to really figure out. That Because now that we know sort of what our characters are, and I think we then have to also figure out, like, really, truly, the, if, if this is a lawyer character, what is her issue? What is her flaw? What is... She's become an adult in such a way that she's left behind what yeah. she had in her childhood. And then whatever we find in that, that's, that's how we challenge her and then build your adventure off of that.
1: Totally. And I hate to say, I hate to say this, but, but in movies like this, where there is a MacGuffin or there is a, uh, you know, obstacles, there's a treasure a lot of times. And this is not, this is going to sound terrible, but a lot of times that shit doesn't actually matter. What matters Mm -hmm. are the relationships with the characters and then mm-hmm. you can always do the plot check in is what I have found. And what I, anyone I ever talk about, it's those are like the relationships are always going to set you free and theme. Yeah. And how can I oh my God, how can I put uh you know, this rules, rules, rules person in a position where they're gonna have to break a million fucking rules and then you kind of yeah. put plot in after that. So my point being Yeah, is- like
0: they have to go pass a sign, like a trespassing sign. Yeah. And like break into someone's house. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like that's really cool. And that's so interesting because in writer's rooms, it's always like that. And I never, I shouldn't say never. I don't often remember it when I go back to my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I get so insecure that I'm not going to be able to tell this story that I just think of like plot points to do, which is like the structure conversations we had that like, we, we like really hated because that's all through plot. Right. And it's, that's sort of not where we want our starting point to be. But as you can see from this conversation and what you just said reminded me of like our writer's room right now, where we've, we vaguely know, this is actually perfect timing because we just have an episode that we're breaking that I had no idea what the story was gonna be. All I knew is that it was a story about a particular character. Mm-hmm. And that's it, we didn't have any plot or anything. And I was so worried coming into this because I'm like, oh no, all the other episodes, we at least knew what the plot version of this was gonna be, where we, need, where we started and where we were gonna end. But This I had no idea, but actually in talking about, okay, we have this character, we want it to be his story. How do we get him from point A to point B? And like all of our conversations just started from character. And suddenly we had an episode that had plot in it. But mm-hmm. it all started from what do we want to see this character grow into by the end of this episode? What do we want him to struggle with by the end of this episode? And through those conversations, we came up with some really cool story plots. So that is absolutely like the way to do what, how, the second act yeah. off, off podcast, because now I'm like invested in this story. Yeah, no, me too.
1: <laughs> Easier said than done, by the way. Much yeah, easier said for sure. than done.
0: But it's continually asking these questions of the characters rather than being like, okay, but I really want there to be an avalanche. How do we get them to that point? No, that's that's the incorrect way of thinking about this. Yeah. It's like, I have a character who's all about rules. What can I throw at them that's going to make them the most uncomfortable they can possibly be?
1: Yeah, and they break that rule and or whatever rules they break and whatever you test against them causes an avalanche.
0: Right, yeah. We can get it to that point. We can get it sure. to an avalanche, but it yeah. has to be
1: rooted in character decisions. Yeah, you can't something a- we
0: will do. Yeah, yeah you're, you're totally right. Something we will do in TV is like, I really want an avalanche, and that's so fucking cool. I'm gonna throw up that card on the board, like, or write it in the corner of something, just so I, I'm tagging, like, I want this cool thing to happen. And yeah. in an adventure movie like this, I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like. You want these really cool adventure moments, cause adventure is just so fucking cool. And you're gonna remember the set pieces at the end of the day from an adventure movie. So I think it's okay to like write in the corner that I want the avalanche, I want the river totally. of sewage, whatever the cool things are that you want. But that put that to the side. Cause that cause if you if you start putting that in your actual plot as points you wanna hit, suddenly you're just writing to get to the river of sewage and that has nothing to do with character so yeah i think it's great to keep like a running list of cool ideas and maybe not all of those cool ideas will make it into your movie but at least you have them that you can kind of plug in but i think the point is is those become secondary those plot things to character boom i mean i feel like we broke this like now i can pitch i mean the ending is they all recover their childhood things and return to their lives changed for the better
1: we glossing and, over a lot, <laughs> but yes, well, I agree. The,
0: but we know at the second act, we can, but yeah. we can like totally pitch the second act. Like I don't know what yeah. the midpoint is that turns the story around.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe the midpoint is finding out that, well, obviously this is like an off pod thing, but it's 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 rooted in a lie for like Sean maybe called everybody or no, basically oh. someone is outed. There's there's a yeah. lie that that. They're, they're all like, is this bullshit? This, this adventure is complete bullshit. Like you start believing the adventure is real in 2A. Yeah, you hit, you that's hit, it. You hit the midpoint and you find out that maybe Sean's been manipulating or lying about things. And then they're like, we're done. We want to get out of here. But then along the way, they actually realize it's not bullshit.
0: Yeah. It'd almost be cool if like they come a- upon some adventure trope, the Indiana Jones ball rolling down the thing mm-hmm. and then someone finds like a mechanism that's really modern mm. that did it and they're like sean did you fucking build this oh you shit, crazy person like what it, why did you do this like you're that sad of a human uh-huh. that you thought like bringing us into this like dangerous thing would make us all friends again and make us invested in this town and thinking about if his if his objective is to save this town from some finance or financier who's trying to steal it the the object is still Sean needs money yeah so why would he bring his friends like do his friends if we're talking about a lawyer and a doctor like are do his friends have a lot of money and so like he was trying to get them back into their childhood selves to be like, don't you love this town? Don't you want to save it? Remember yeah. this town? Remember how awesome you were as kids? Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? You want us to invest it? Like, why didn't you just ask us for money? Like you yeah. had to go. You're such a crazy person. But then at the midpoint, as they're like walking out, they hit another trap and they're like, "Haha, ha, Sean. And he's like, I didn't do that one.
1: Totally. And
0: now you're on the real adventure.
1: I love it. I'm in. That's cool. Yeah, we did it.
0: You're a genius. (laughs) That's it. Now you just have to like figure out like the main, I feel like for the pitch, for the sake of talking about this as a pitch, you just figure out maybe two to three uh, sort of set pieces that could happen in the second act. Again, coming at it from asking these character questions about Sean's friends and Sean and what Sean needs to learn as well. And low point is of course like their... They're not going to be able to pull this off. Um, Maybe they all leave Sean. Mm -hmm. Done. But then friendship brings them back together or something like that. And then they pull through in the climax and
1: tell the
0: financier to take a hike.
1: Sean goes about it on his own. And then right when he's about to die on his adventure, all the friends show up. They're like, we can't leave you, bro.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, this is such a good story. (laughs) We did it. We can pitch this tomorrow.
1: We could pitch it. So... Now what, Tasha? Now we just broke broke this story, and, and what we're going to pitch it tomorrow at Universal <laughs> and, you know,
0: and Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's done bidding war.
1: And so, yeah, and then it's just yeah, I'm just trying to think of like the next the next thing to do. It's like you kind of beat this all out, and then you just form your pitch. Boom. The
0: next thing you do would be like we would go away, come up with these beats, these set pieces, and then for me, anyways, I would now write a script. I'd write out everything we've just talked about in a really sort of um, campfire story yeah. way. When yes, yes when you say script, yeah. you
1: mean campfire story to pitch.
0: Yeah, but literally opening a Word document or pages document in my case and writing out how I would tell someone this version of the story. And it would be like, yeah. um, I really, you know, I would start with like, I, I came to this idea. I stole Josh's idea because there was something about like driving through my old hometown that made me feel safe that I missed, and I m- maybe would tell the story about my aunt and how like I was so afraid to sort of lose the thing that made me feel young and child childlike and joyful, and so that's kind of the root of where this came from. And then I would launch into our sad Sean character and where he is in his life right now, and all he wants to do is save his town, and I'll talk about the stakes of that losing mm-hmm. his town, and so he makes a decision to you know, send a bat signal out to his friends to bring them in. So it's all through, like, Sean's character. He is feeling this way, and therefore he chose to go call his friends. And now that his friends are here, his friends feel this way. And it's all, like, bringing us through the story the way that we're talking about it, through character and how the characters are feeling from from one step to the other.
1: That's always super key. I don't even want to say anything else because I feel like we did it. This was a success. I feel
0: like we did it.
1: We did I'm it. I'm so
0: proud of us. We had this backup just in case we yeah. were just brainstorming nonsense, but I feel like we broke this story.
1: Yeah, I, I threw out three different ideas. Two were, oh, that's interesting. Next. And then we got to, <laughs> we got to the squad and uh, we did it. We, we broke it.
0: All right. We have uh, just a few months left for you and I to write this. <laughs> And uh, we're good to go. That's
1: by the end of it, for the end of the year. By the end of it, it's going to be like a, um like Goonies with like fantastical elements. Like their adventure goes Definitely. through like a fairy tale forest.
0: They go to Neverland. They
1: go to Neverland. They're <laughs> like, Sean, did you bring us to Neverland?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we never have to grow up, guys. Oh my god, that is a horror movie. Yeah.
1: They're like, Fuck, <laughs> we can't get, get off of here. Neverland. Get us out of here. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's it. We did it. I love it. I'm in. Amazing,
0: I'm in too. Okay. I definitely have a quote of the day. Mm -hmm. You may not write well every day, but you can always edit a bad page. You can't edit a blank page. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0.
1: And you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram is Josh Hallman and Twitter as Joshua Hallman.
0: And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Music by 414Bag, which you can find on Spotify.